Hello, guys, and welcome to the eighth episode of the MSC Performance Podcast. My name's Mark. Joking, I did that last week. My name's Luke, and I'm joined with Sonia today. Well done, Sonia. Good communication from the start. Uh, today's going to be similar to our last episode where we have uh, four questions that people have asked us throughout the week, uh, both a combination of through Instagram and also in person. So today we've got quick fire, four questions. Should you wear uh, straps while you're doing your lifting? Should you be wearing knee sleeves? what are the benefits of the safety bar squat and is it a regression of a barbell squat are there extra benefits to it etc and how heavy should you be doing uh, your medicine board work uh, should you be looking to go heavier should you keep it light and focus on speeds where do you begin so four questions all a little bit different yes um hi everyone hi luke thanks for the warm welcome yes. uh, i'm very excited for this podcast um i think we can maybe start chat with the strap topic obviously um this has been discussed a lot on our friday session with the boys using it or not using it for the rbls for the romanian deadlifts um so i think we can maybe just start with um, a question are you luke using them i do use straps yep so i don't use them for my heavy deadlifts but I use them for Romanian deadlifts, which I think is what this question was about. I yeah. think you found that on a Friday when we do RDLs in the Barbar Club, which is one of our primary hinge patterns, and we think that everyone should be able to do an RDL. But a lot of times we're doing it with a slower tempo and a, a more repetitions than you might do for like a, a heavier deadlift. As it's Because it's a full range of motion through the hip, it lends itself uh, better as a hypertrophy exercise. So because of these things, it's just a long time to be holding the bar. So for that reason, I use um, straps. I also find it quite uncomfortable that amount of time with the mixed grip. And no one wants to hook grip for, for 30, 40 seconds. So I am massive uh, massive fan for, for so many deadlift of using the straps. Exactly. Um, it's not cheating i wouldn't say you cheat as you said it like you're basically for our muscles you get quite fatigued especially if you're doing like higher uh, rep range and i think the benefit of using the straps is basically that you are able to carry on for a little bit longer yeah. and possibly you can use this maybe in your deloads but i think as you said that like for the romanian deadlift for yourself um for deadlifts maybe as well but i think it more than like it, it um, it's based on whether it's like competition uh related or no because yeah. you obviously don't want to make your grip weak yeah. which is not the fact that it makes your grip weak but like it's the amount of exposure yeah. you get to train in the grip per week yeah if you look at like from a powerlifting perspective, which is where this is where it's getting mixed up because the barbell guys aren't powerlifters. So by yeah. any stretch of the imagination, it's not cheating. Uh, it's like, is wearing a belt cheating? Like where does it end? You're just trying to maximize your lifting with the, the overarching goal of you want to get bigger, you want to get stronger. So if your main goal is to get stronger, then straps is an absolute given. It's not who can do the heaviest Romanian deadlift for a triple. And then if that was a competition, then maybe it would be without yeah. straps, but it's not cheating because there's nothing to cheat for. It's your, your goal is, uh, is to, lift the most amount of weight through the, the biggest range of motion you can so to support that straps is a great idea but going back to like the competition style lifting i don't wear them for the competition lift but like uh seppi does and seppi's probably the best deadlifter at the gym um what seppi would normally do would do his top set without straps so he's getting the exposure he's getting the practice in with with the grip so his grip stays strong but then because he does hook grip his back offsets he does with straps uh and that's a, it saves his thumbs. It's a little bit more tolerable because you do hook grip as well. Um, it's it's uncomfortable. So if you're doing it for like four, five, six repetitions, it's an extremely long yeah. time to be working on the thumbs. So to save himself, 
normal grip to uh, for his top set and then his back off sets, he does it with straps. You look like he's paused deadlift work, always with straps. So it's about like, it's it's not that it's right or wrong, it's about utilising utilizing it, well. it when it's needed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Basically, like, it keeps the arms relaxed. And yeah, as, you, as you mentioned, like in weightlifting, like weightlifters use straps a lot, but again, they're not allowed in competition. So it depends how often you want to use them. Obviously, it's good to get used to lifting without. Similarly, as with the RDL, like probably not all the time, but to enhance your lift, I 100% suggest that. It's funny because uh, I've started doing a B stance while my knee deadlifts with dumbbells. And um, I was doing like 35 at hand, so it's, it's not heavy, it's 70 kilos, because it's like eight reps on each leg. It's quick. By the end of it, my forearms <laughs> absolutely kill it, and that's with straps. Yeah. So I dread to think what it, I mean, if I thought, you know what, I'm not doing straps, I'll wear a little, I'll use a little bit of chalk, I'll do as heavy as I can, I, I probably don't think I'd get above 30s. So by just adding that, actually, by adding that's the strap. That's the thing, that it allows you to lift probably a bit more weight, and I think it's, it, it's just a great external, like, support or yeah. enhancement. Is there any times you would tell someone not to use straps? Um, for specific lift, maybe. Sure. Um, so if it's, let's say, a powerlifter preparing for competition or like training with his conventional deadlift, I probably wouldn't suggest to wear it often with a conventional deadlift. Yeah. As he would then might it find like, you know, weaker. Obviously, he, he you need to strengthen your grip as well, just doing it without. Yeah. Um, it just I, changed I, the mechanics ever since. Like, I remember reading a research study on straps versus no, and they looked at different EMGs on um, on straps versus no straps. And there is a difference. I can't remember. I the actually study looked at that. Um, yeah. There is difference with like speed and the force development. So yeah. there is difference and it, it changes yeah. like um, the force. But it again depends on what you want to kind of use it for. So like if you guys want to push your RDL a little bit, you know, heavier, um, and we kind of go in for the higher rep ranges, like seven, eight. I think it's, it's it. just super beneficial. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is much like your training, it, sh it should be periodized. So you've got your, you're wearing your straps further away from competition when your training isn't quite specific. When you're getting more specific, you're, you're probably not using the straps for the top sets because they're the most specific to your competition lift if you're doing a competition. So yeah, you're just periodizing it. Or mix, mix, mix it up a little bit. Like, you know, you, you, as you mentioned, like top set, you then. can, yeah. You, yeah. Um, so like, your most specific work is without the straps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's other things how to like make your grip stronger, or you know, give it a bit different stimulus, like changing the bar thickness, or using chalk, or using the hook grip, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall. One little pet peeve of mine is I see a couple of guys doing it is where like they have a grip problem. But because they enjoy, like, I don't want to say it's just for the clout, but they're on Instagram and they're lifting like five, ten percent more than they can do. They're not addressing the actual grip problem and they're using the straps. And I guess the argument might be they're getting heavy exposure, they're still building their strength, but they're not addressing the weak link and their deadlift weak link is their grip and they're mm -hmm. masking it with the straps. Mm -hmm. And the, behind the scenes, they might be doing grip work, but mm -hmm. ultimately the most specific grip work you can do is the deadlift. deadlift yeah. So yeah, maybe I'm just looking at it one dimensionally for Instagram, but like you see people, you know, wearing the straps and they get to competition and then they drop the weight. So I think that if you have a grip, I think all your specific work should be done without straps and then your non-specific work can be done with straps. Um, I've, I've read a good thing and I really liked it. It says that like uh, usually the people who are not uh, relatively strong say um, using straps is cheating. So <laughs> what well, do you think about it? Hey, well, uh, yeah, look into that as you like people. 
and Fair. I think that's a good one to leave on. So yeah, yeah, yeah periodize it like you would do your training, your specific work without straps, and then your non-specific, your RDLs, your single leg work that can be done with straps. And it's not cheating if there's nothing to cheat for. If you're not in a one rep max competition and you're hiding your uh, your straps, that's cheating. But no one's testing your your five rep max RDL at least at least for now. Great summer. Fantastic. Awesome. Second question: Should you be wearing knee sleeves? <laughs> Here we go. Similar to the strap. Everyone just wants to know about equipment all the time. Yeah, uh, it's the enhancements, all the enhancements. If we produce MSE performance straps, we'll do another podcast and we'll change our opinion and say you should wear them for absolutely everyone should everything. wear them. But with the knee sleeves, um, it's a good question as well because we both wear knee sleeves, and I think we've got some good like research on it as well as like anecdotally. Um, so with the knee sleeves, it was actually studied out last month, and it was looking more. So there's been studies in the past looking at like the one rep max difference between knee sleeves and without knee sleeves. And it seems to be that the knee sleeves do um, increase your uh, your performance by about I think it was three or four percent. So, it's, so if you're, it's very little. It's still improvement. It's a, I mean three percent absolutely. It's I'm going to be wearing yeah. knee sleeves if, if you're looking to if you're looking to maximise your lift. Um, but this research study was actually really good because it looked at muscular endurance, so work that probably more people do rather than just powerlifters use sets of six to eight and looking how much actual repetitions they could get if i remember correctly it's like 80 percent um for amraps maybe up to a certain rpe cap with three minutes rest and then looking how many reps they would get and there was no difference between the uh, between the groups so it didn't seem to have much of an effect for endurance and then it also looked if i remember correctly um at muscular developments looking at an emg and the muscle activation of the um it was i think the fastest media eyes i can't remember but it's one of the quads anyway and it was exactly the same so if your goal is uh is, is muscle growth um knee sleeves isn't going to particularly have an effect based off this study and if your goal is just like to to maximize your your rep work then it doesn't seem to have an effect though the top end strength it does seem to be a little bit of a benefit for me, Steve. So if your goal, if you don't compete in, in a strength sport and your goal is just to lift the most amount of weight, then I'd probably wear knee sleeves. Um, but uh, you don't have yeah. to if you just- I would say maybe shoes. like a little maybe guidance uh, for when and how often to wear them. Like I personally, um, I was kind of trying to avoid using them um, because I just kind of, again, anecdotally believe that like I want to get my knees stronger itself uh, by themselves. But then I found that it kind of makes me feel a bit more solid and firm. And I also feel that like if you're doing a lot of like knee dominant work through the week, and I found that like in honor lifting, there's obviously a lot of knee flexion. I do feel much better wearing them quite often on my sessions. Um, so in those studies, like I think there would be like some of the um, conclusions where that like it provides a bit more stiffness. Yeah. Um, probably yeah, warmth. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you've got different thicknesses with the with the knee sleeve, so you've got different millimeters. But have you seen the uh, <laughs> have you seen the triple ply knee sleeve? So um, no. if you compete in powerlifting, you're probably allowed to wear single ply, which is like yeah, one ply of material. I've seen triple ply and fucking hell. Yeah. Thick. thick they're about like yeah. a centimeter thick and then when it gets to that point you're thinking it's not about warmth anymore it's about like i think that probably like makes you feel super solid like you that's quite thick i've you, seen that you're like, on your way to wearing knee wraps at that point yeah but if you look at the knee wrap studies then there's a massive improvement in uh in, in strength and there's yeah. also a massive uh reduction in the amount of work your quads are doing because it assists so much in the bottom but knee sleeves doesn't seem to be that but like it says anecdotally like 
especially now that I've wore sleeves for a long time, like doing work without knee sleeves just doesn't feel yeah, as good. Yeah. I'm sure eventually you could build back up to, to being comfortable, but it just feels so much more secure, snug, warm, like you said. So I, I, I think it also comes with like a bit more training experience because when you sometimes as like novice, novice person <clears throat> in a gym um, and they come in like, you know, full, full geared with like knee sleeves um, and they've done like very little work. Yeah you don't need to wear knee sleeves yeah. like you don't i think if your knee is maybe a bit achy or you you've got some sort of issue or it's a bit more sensitive or you know like yeah maybe it makes you feel better like there's the placebo effect um, over there but yeah again what, like what you don't want to do is you don't want to use the knee sleeves to mask the fact that you've got a knee issue or you've got knee pain you don't want to just put the knee sleeves on and ignore it so maybe exactly. if you've got knee pain the answer isn't put knee sleeves on the answer is let's have a look at your training are you doing too much are you doing too much of the same exercises too repetitive look at your lower management look look at technique but if you want to maximize the top end strength maybe sleeves you know Sinead uh one of the one of the girls that I coach who's Okay, really, really good. She competed for the first time and she didn't have knee sleeves. Yeah. And she was like, Lou, should I get knee sleeves? Should I get knee? I was like, just, just enjoy your training for now. Yeah. Look, when you're doing your second and third competition and you're starting to think, okay, I really want to give this a good push, then we can absolutely get knee sleeves on. Yeah. But for the first block, uh, for, for her first competition, she she didn't wear knee sleeves. And then also, I uh, I used to compete in uh, the BDFBA, which is no sleeves. And um, I did a competition for. Uh, my first British powerlifting competition, so first comp in knee sleeves, and I squatted 222.5, 222 kilos, 222.5 kilograms. Um, and then a month later, I did a BDFPA camp, which was no sleeves, and I squatted 222.5 kilos, and it was slightly easier. So at the time, I wasn't using the knee sleeves that much. Yeah. I was using them just for that competition, yeah. for the occasional set. Um, but yeah, so I at the time could squat the same with and without sleeves now i dread to think so i think you definitely become reliant on them i have another client live that competes in the military team and she um so she can't wear knee sleeves and she has done a couple of british powerlifting competitions and again her squat is exactly the same so i think it's a case of that as you get used to the, you equipment, get to the sleeves, it, yeah. maybe if you could get past the feeling you'd be okay but i think yeah. it's a lot about that subjective yeah feeling appraisal of you know the stiffness um the setup and it probably gives you a little bit of that drive um i mean i don't know like that's how i find it like no, absolutely do you think um if you are going to be wearing knee sleeves do you recommend like with your guys and for yourself do you work for everything do you work for single leg work no no i i, I don't recommend it i probably recommend it like for squats probably for cleans i don't really wear it for snatch myself yeah. Uh, but that's pretty it, common isn't it you see weightlifters put the sleeves yeah, on for, uh, for cleans it, it, it really depends like even when I when I have um, like someone training I don't really tend to put sleep, knee sleeves straight away like at the beginning of the session like maybe halfway through or if they actually need it like I, I try I tend to keep it off especially at the beginning of the program or like yeah, cycle. warm up uh, warm up without exactly them. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and that's also like because then when you do it you put them on it feels great and you get that little bit of it's like putting your belt on not straight away if you put your belt on when you get to 60 70 percent obviously you put it on things feel great and you can probably then mentally yeah. physically feel yeah. a little bit better I guess it's the same idea I like to think of these things like performance enhancement like use it for that little extra bit of performance enhancement like no it. no no i like it it just made me think of uh, oh. uh 
well, say no more, <laughs> not not for the MSC podcast. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So again, we, we're both on the same page with the straps and the knee sleeves. You're looking to enhance your performance. You're not using your sleeves to to hide the fact you've got a knee issue. Um, or that you're weak. And Some sort of weakness, yeah. Absolutely. And the research shows that like for your volume work, very little difference, if any, but your top end strength, maybe three, four percent. So if your goal is to lift the most amount of weight, absolutely put some knee sleeves Wrap on. Up. <laughs> Your these innuendos are horrible for this question. We need to move on. Uh, but also, if your goal is muscle goal, uh, if you, you if you have a goal of uh, build as much muscle as you can, you don't need to worry that the knee sleeves are reducing the amount of work your quads are doing. Because I wore knee sleeves every day to do the the new leg extension, mm-hmm. and it feels great. I'm sure it would feel great without it, but like, I just liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw Chris Hill doing the stack, and I was like, well, I need to get my knee sleeves on. I'm, I'm going to try and stack it myself, and I couldn't. I, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about two thirds of the way down. I'm like, damn, daddy, daddy, Chris Hills. I uh, got some some dad strength. I know he's, he's got it. Yeah, mate, I tried it. Unreal. Fantastic. There you go. Well, moving to SSB. SSB, something we've covered before, but someone asked us as part of the uh, the check in for the barbell club of uh, what are the benefits of the safety bar compared to a normal barbell squat, and is it a regression of the exercise? Yeah, uh, I, uh, like it's not a reg- well, it's not a regression of your back squat. It's a variation, um, and I think for people who been doing back squat, let's say variation for a long time um, and haven't actually done any modalities, I think SSB is one of the best one to begin with. Like let's say going from back to front squat straight away. Um, what I think or why I do it most is like the shoulder orientation and shoulder rotation. So obviously internal and external rotation change so you don't want to be stuck too much within that one posture um so i think ssb is a great way to kind of almost like it's still spinal loading but a bit more um anterior load tilt into it um that's one of the reasons why i often use it um if we're talking outside of barbell club um Possibly for people who maybe can't front squat, um, unless I would like use zercher variation or goblet or you know belt squat. Mm. Um, but SSB is I wouldn't say it's a, res- a regression. Like I really don't like thinking of exercises as progressions and regressions. I like to think of them as as they all have their purpose. Yeah, you, you're trying yeah. to achieve it. like a goblet squat. You know, people say oh it's a regression of this, but it's just an anterior loaded squat that allows people to get a really good position. So it is an easy version but i don't like to think oh you're doing a regression mm-hmm. after the back squat like to try and progress you're just trying to you have an exercise that has its purpose and mm-hmm. the purpose of like a goblet squat like i said anterior loaded people can say really upright because you can chuck the weight wide out in front versus a back squat is hard to counterbalance so i don't like to think of the ssb as a regression and i think if you look at people's programming within the gym now like the staple squat exercises when you've got past like learning how to do the squat like the, the ones that stick around and you never kind of move away from. If you're looking at the barbells, is your front squat in, back squat in, mm-hmm. poor squat, tempo, and safety bar. Mm-hmm. I think they're the big five. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a safety bar. And for like, um, like you said, a lot of people really struggle with that back position. But even if you can get a good back position, if you're doing like high repetition work, there's just more prone to, to either lose that position in the upper back, which is then going to cause compensation either through the shoulder, through the scapula or through like the lower back. Um, so when you're doing the high rep work, especially under fatigue, these kind of technical breakdowns are going to happen easy with a back squat comparatively to a safety bar. So that's why it's called safety, safety first. But if you look at like 
my programming, people's programming, we use the safety bar as like the primary um, hypertrophy kind of style squat. And then your higher intensity, you can still do for higher intensities, but it lends itself really well to a hypertrophy exercise. And I think the back squat is better for slightly lower repetition work. So I think if you were going to compare which one's best for sets of eight, I think safety, safety bar, bar wins yeah. hands down. Not to say you can't do back squat, but like safety bar is a great exercise. I think like, it, as you said, like it basically helps you to maintain the optimal form uh, for the higher volume, which I think is, is yeah, great um, yeah. explanation. So when you're looking at the, the back squat, and the, what, what are the, someone, someone's asking what are the differences, what are like the, the differences, what's getting worked more, what's, yeah, you know, we said it, it's easy technically, but it's Back squat and safety band. Yeah, just compare um, the back squat to... Uh, I would say that like when you back squat and you are very predominantly loading the spine, uh, obviously posterior, chain, uh, posterior loading. Um, so I, I don't really, I wouldn't really say that like, oh, you work more hamstring and then more quads or more lower back and these things. Like it's still knee dominant exercise, both of them. Um, and as you said that, like, I think it depends how people can maintain and uh, actually adjust the posture. So some people would have like longer torso, shorter femur. So uh, I think you should probably do something what suits your like anthropometrics. Um, like I really, really enjoy front squat and I know Margot let's say, really likes front squat. Yeah. Um, if you, you know, if you're powerlifting, like you want to stick and find your way around the back squat probably. Yeah. That's, um, you, front squat is very rare in powerlifting. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of coaches that really like it, but if you're going for a more anterior loaded exercise, again, because powerlifters that are benching all the time, they're just not going to get into a good rack position. So yeah. if I was trying to get the best rack position I can, I'm not going to lift nowhere near as much as a, as a safety bar. Um, but let's let's say you know your technique on the low, on the on the back squat compared to your technique on the safety bar. Uh -huh. What are the differences? Um, hmm. So we said about the shoulder position, less technical yeah. breakdown. Yeah, I find I personally don't like safety bar squat that much. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Wow. Okay. This is change the question. Front squat versus safety bar. Yeah. Either you an argument for four. No, if, if we're talking like me and you, because you said you really like safety bar squat, I actually don't. I really like the Hatfield variation, um, yeah. which allows me to squat like spinal loading, yeah. a little heavier, but obviously I'm using the anterior support. Yeah. Back squat itself, I think I haven't done it that much that I found myself comfortable with it just yet. Mm. But I really do see the difference with the shoulder rotation. Yeah. And I think. If you obviously don't want to like hit the plateau or just like get into one position and then try like some finding it hard to open up your shoulders, I think yeah. it's great for that. Like again, variation in your training. Yeah. Um, so not just doing it for the sake of like, oh, one day I'll do back squat and the other day safety bar. Like again, know what know your why. Yeah. But I think safety bar is brilliant, like a cool. um, tool in a gym. Yeah. Did oh, you answer yeah. your question? Um, no, no, but it, 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 it's, oh, it's so a... let's come back <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, the difference between the safety bar and the back squat, which is what the original question was. Mm -hmm. you, you've gave some really good points, okay. but like when you actually break it down, the nitty gritty, the safety bar is going to be more quiet than the. Than oh, the yes, yeah, because obviously of the anterior. Yeah, slightly more anterior yeah. loaded. So, you're going to be um, a lot more quiet. Upright, so, yeah. like you said, less uh, less spinal demands. And it's going to be, as a result, then a little bit more um, quad dominance. Not a massive amount, not like. 80% more in the quads. Sure, maybe, like there are differences. Like 10% yeah. 
Um, but the main thing is like a lot of people find that kind of combination of hip and knee, especially when you're squatting two, three times a week, they find like the more hingy style squats, which will be your low bar, that can really take a, a bit of a battering on your back, especially if you're trying to push some of the hinge work, some deadlift work, it can become a lot. So having a squat where you're saying a bit more upright, trying to stress the quads a little bit more, which, which are the primary mover in the uh, in the squat, can be really beneficial. So you're getting a bit of extra quad work, you're reducing the loading through the spine, um, and it's a lot easier technically as well. So I think they're the big ones and it's just un under the under the fatigue it's it's a lot easier to to maintain what i do like at the minute with the safety bar is um, like taking it a step further and actually trying to distinguish between the low handle and the high handle so you can if you if you're on the ssb when you're bracing really actively pull the handles down which can really help you get like a good sat position it can help you learn to get the the like initial brace that you're after but then you can turn it into a bit more of a hingy Some squat people kind of having all the way up yeah i personally now i'm doing handles hop and it is so so difficult um because mm. you're trying to yeah you're trying to keep the handles as super high as you can as a result a bit more knee flexion really bolt upright mm. it's incredibly tough when you go in high handles it's like probably a combination between front squat and mm -hmm. high bar squat when you go in handles down it's probably a combo between the low bar and the high bar mm -hmm. so again it's horses for courses but the high handles if you really wanted to stress the quads and reduce the loading through the spine will also reduce the loading you're going to go high handles if you want a pattern similar to your low bar but without the, the technical breakdown you can really focus on pulling the handles down last point because i can see you reaching to, to chat is i also really like the safety bar for, for people to begin with because it is slightly more anterior loaded like a goblet it's easy to get that orientation of the ribs and the pelvis with the bar on your back especially if you've got that little bit of restriction in the, in the upper body it's really difficult to get ribs over pelvis nice and braced nice and stacked when you've got the handles here it's so much easier to get that alignment and it really helps like people feel where they should be where they should be to initiate a lift um I just wanted to literally point on what you said, which I think was a great point, um, that it takes a bit um, bit of the demand of the spinal loading, which again, if you squat in multiple times a week, I think it could be a great variation to take the demands of uh, of the spinal load. Yeah. Because obviously, if you would be back squatting three times a week, just proper back squat. And deadlifting. That's quite a lot. So hence the variation, like... So if you're absolutely so if you're putting together like a, a micro cycle, even if you're squatting twice a week, but you've got your heavy deadlift, mm -hmm. maybe it's a good idea to do your deadlift if you wanted to stay fresh. Some people like deadlifting after squat to replicate the comp or whatever. But if you want to be fresh on your deadlift day, reduce the spinal demands, do your safety bar the day before rather than your back squat. You might feel that the actual little fatigue in the back's a lot nicer and able to handle more load through the week. So Excellent, yeah, great tool. Ram ramblings yeah. about the SSB, there we go. But um, so to summarise, Sonia hates the SSB, loves fun squat. I love safety bar and I hate fun squats. So <laughs> there you go. We don't agree on everything. Final question? Yeah. Um, so obviously we're using loads of uh, medball throwing in our medcons and I think like we've, we, we've used it a lot in the barbell cup as well. And I think it's a very like a favourite tool in a gym. Yeah. Um, and I've had a couple of questions like, or people kind of itch to maybe use the heavy rolls, like the nine, the six, the 12 we have. Um, so I just kind of wanted to like explain why, why, why I always stress the low load, high velocity and why I really push for using the three kilo balls for the stuff we do in the Metcons. Um, so obviously if you would be using for what we kind of describe the heavy wall, you kind of limiting your ability to do the thing you actually want to achieve, which is like mm, creating like pulsive force. 
Um, so your med ball complexes and your med ball throws um, should be executed at high velocity and should be aimed to be very fluid. Um, basically, you're learning like a sequence of, you know, your shoulder, your trunk, your hips. Um, so using heavier ball for this stuff would kind of limit the ability. And uh, if you all remember, like when we bought the new balls, I think like it was just flying all around the place. And now balls flying all over the place. <laughs> Luke, this is not the podcast. Um, I just was gonna say that everyone's improved so much, and I think you all can say yourself that like the weeks in doing the med ball work, you just got much better at it, and you can tell that like doing it over and over again, there's always something to do better and better. Um, so you know, just for the sake of using a little heavier ball. It's not going to make you like, it doesn't mean that you are holding back. If we're using three kilo ball, you're doing the right thing for the right purpose. So if you want to be using the heavier balls, that's where you maybe should, you know, that's where the stuff like strongman stuff comes in, like your sandbag throws over, over your, yeah. or med ball throws over the head. That's where you kind of hinge in, um, you like using a bit more like a swing, a swing uh, element into it. Like that's just completely different yeah. element. I feel that the, the problem with the med ball work is it, it, it's not quantifiable. When you're doing like a kettlebell swing or you're doing, I don't know, a barbell lift, it's like, oh, I've got stronger. There's no way to quantify apart from how it feels if you're getting better at the velocity work. This is so actually a really good point. So yeah. people naturally think, well, I've been doing the free kilo for ages. If you had a velocity tracker on the ball and you're like, fuck, I used to find that ball at point one meter a second yeah. now it's 1.2 oh my god i got 20 percent faster yeah you might be like Fuck, this is amazing i'm going to continue with this ball i'm going to get rapid with this ball but because you haven't got this this instant feedback yeah. like you do when you lift in a weight yeah. or a kettlebell we're like oh man i was doing 24 now i'm doing mm-hmm. 32 i've got stronger you're doing the, the free kilo ball forever and you're like, i'm not getting any better yeah. because but you actually, haven't got that if feedback. you would use like a slow-mo or as you said velocity right. tracker you would see that possibly the biomechanics are better um you know the shift uh, hip shifting is better because obviously there's progression and regression so like you know starting in like bilateral stance yeah. uh, then you go into like a front back stance squatting half kneel like we do we do loads of these variations and i gave people like a seated rotation and people still can't do it so i think this is the little progression but i completely yeah. know where you're coming from absolutely i just thought about it as soon as i said that like what would be cool? Do we do like the, the performance testing? Yeah. We did like a med ball throw. You could do like a rotation throw. Yeah. It wouldn't be perfect, but like just it, it'd be great to give people a chance to be like, wow, look how far you throw this ball now. Or okay. How fast yeah, yeah. It. yeah. Because um, yeah, you if you use nine kilo ball for like a med ball throw, you you're limiting you, yourself. You lose the speed component, Absolutely. which is what you're training, and you haven't gained the strength component because it's still only nine kilos. What you're doing is a bastardized version that's nowhere. It's in the middle. It's in yeah. that grey area. You're not lifting it fast. You're not lifting it heavy enough to get a strength um, gain. You're just doing kind of no benefit. So it's it is tough, and I can see why people fit naturally think mm-hmm. I need to progress. It, I need to progress. It, I need to get better. Um, but sticking at the three kilo ball and, and working for speed orientated exercises, focus on your velocity. Mm-hmm. It is what's better. It, it is hard, but you, you can hear the difference in the noise when you get like a That's couple of one of them. It's very subjective. Uh, and like I've heard or I've read loads of arguments about this. Um, like again, like Instagram, which obviously just like coaches chat. But yeah, like because people do kind of feel that there's no progression, was actually, yes, it's subjective. Like I can tell you can tell that you know people moving better, it sounds better. 
um i think like subjectively i can tell that like i i know that i've been doing it for a while and it, it's just better yeah 100 percent. well i guess like if you're not massively into that and also because people mm. just don't understand that mm. like people don't understand it's a velocity exercise they're thinking like the, the only know in the gym progressing the way they don't know to try and progress the velocity so there's a little bit of the understanding behind it but also yeah it's especially I guess when, when you're in the class and the music's music's loud there's another three people next to you throwing yeah. a ball it is a bit harder to track but it absolutely is, yeah. um, can't, it's, can't that, yeah. it's the understanding that it is the velocity exercise rather than a, a strength exercise and the progression is the speed rather than the actual strength do you use the heavy balls for anything like do you like them for slams do you like yes them for, yeah. i like them for slams um i would even like heavier for heavier um heavier options um for like you know um uh, chucking over the yoke but let's say for that we're using the sandbags that nine kilo uh, ball <laughs> over the, over the, there's not much of a session yeah but yeah i do use them for the sure. slams yeah yeah like so they do have their, their space there's a reason place. we got there's a reason sure. we got them and if, yeah. if you know if a strong man ever comes to the gym that's throwing a 20 kilo keg over you know 10 meter uh, yeah. thing that he might be able to use them but exactly yeah i haven't seen anyone in the class that can do like a nine kilo med ball with good velocities that no. wouldn't benefit from going slightly exactly. lighter so awesome yeah use your your speed exercises your speed exercises and your strength for your strength try and avoid that murky gray area um there you go right there you go quick fire four questions in 30 minutes i think that was that's fantastic so in with luke and sonia hopefully we'll uh, had some good uh takeaways from that if you have any other questions for us for the next time please um link them below or drop us a message drop us a dm um we're still taking people on for uh bar bar club for the next couple of weeks before we shut things off uh prior to the christmas break uh which obviously will still be open but we won't be taking new people on um until january january yeah. january big push so yeah thank you all for uh, for listening guys until next time speak to you soon